Welcome back to season five of another successful podcast. Um, I don't have a guest with me right now. It's just me. Uh, just to make a couple announcements about the state of the podcast. The rumors are true. This will be the final season of another successful podcast. Um, none of my guests know this season except for the finale guests. Um, so that way we can kind of make that a special special episode. But this will be the final season of the podcast. And, you know, I, you guys have heard on previous seasons, I've talked about a lot how much this podcast has meant to me in terms of um, having a space to create something that's entertaining and, and kind of confirming to myself that I'm able to make it. And it, it's meant a lot to me, all the support. Um, and I actually, when I, when I created this podcast, I don't know if this is something that I've talked about before, but, um, it was during a time that was, uh, kind of harder for me in my life, um, because just kind of the ways that I, I've dealt with, um, pain and just, uh, mental strain before in the past has been to kind of harness it into something creative, even though obviously this, <laughs> this podcast wasn't just a therapy session for me. Um, it was just a place where I could have a creative outlet and have something positive to, to make and look forward to and be, be proud of while I was going through these things um, in my life. And because of that, this podcast has, you know, I make jokes about it in the thread, but <laughs> unironically meant a, a great deal to me. And uh, it's, it's sad that I'm going to end it, but I think I'm just in a place now where I'm doing a lot better and I have a lot more things going on with my, my improv and my, my, my real life comedy career and, and things going on. I just want to have this time uh, because it's a huge uh, time commitment to um, put into these other projects into bettering myself and to uh, making new connections. So thank you guys all for all the support. I will say that this won't be the last you'll hear from the podcast after this season ends. I'm going to have a special season that's not in the same format that you're used to. Um, that's kind of going to be a series of, of, of send-off episodes. Um, so once season five, episode five ends, doesn't mean is going to be the last that you guys are going to hear from me. And even when that's over, I mean, I've, you guys will see me in the thread. I've been doing more high effort. You guys will see with the, um, the, <laughs> the ad for this podcast that I created a while back and the hype reel, all those different things. This will free me up to make that kind of content more, but Really, I appreciate you guys all for listening. We'll head into this episode now with um, Law So Hard. I actually haven't told her that this is the last season, so she doesn't know it. But um, yeah, thank you guys for listening and um, enjoy the episode. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! Welcome back to season five of another successful podcast. It's honestly crazy to me that we made it <laughs> this far. So thank you guys all for listening this long. Um, as I mentioned earlier, every every episode of season five, I'm drinking a rum and coke. Today's uh, rum and coke is just a straight up rum and coke. I should probably I don't know like I don't know how people think about alcohol. It's um it's a Malibu and coke today is my rum, which I know everyone hates Malibu, but it's what it is. Uh, I should probably get into my actual guest at some point. So, on the podcast today, we got Law So Hard, Motherfuckers Want to Find Me University. <laughs> so, <laughs> Law, if you could give us your username, a fun fact about yourself, and then the most money you've ever spent on a sex-related purchase. Oh, God, you realize I'm a lesbian, right? I mean, that sort of, uh, that goes without saying I've spent um, more money than uh, probably most people. I'm not um, going to lie, that's why yeah. I picked that question for you this season. <laughs> good thinking, good eye there. Um, so my full username is Law So Hard University. 
a fun fact about myself that I don't know if people on Reddit are necessarily aware of, but I practice law. I'd like to say I'm trilingual because I speak English, legalese, and Spanish. So um, don't trot that out a lot on Reddit, but it is true. I'm the only Spanish-speaking attorney at work. It's called having job security. It's fantastic. And uh, most I've spent on a sex-related purchase, I want to say around like... 300 bucks something like that <laughs> that's not even anywhere in the same ballpark of what i have so congratulations on that <laughs> that's well you know i mean it's fine you know and see i'm going to do the annoying lawyer thing and say that it depends on how you define sex related i mean if you if you really want to make it very broad you could say for example that if you were picking out a nice outfit to go on a date and you're hoping that you get laid is that uh, a sex related purchase does it have to be something that like you wouldn't tell your parents you bought necessarily. No, that's a that's a good take. I wasn't thinking of like the, the deeper philosophy of this question when I wrote it down. But um no, that's a good point. And I mean not I don't even I again wasn't thinking that deeply about it. But the other thing is like as a man just in general, like it's it's pretty goddamn easy to just have your hand and that that's about it. So there's just less need for me to spend money on sex related purchases as well. But. Well, yeah, I mean, lesbians, you know, particularly once you've been out for a while and once you're an adult, you have your own place. You don't have to worry about your parents going through your shit. Um, we can amass a pretty fearsome arsenal <laughs> of sex toys. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we know a lot about that particular topic, which, you know, is fantastic because I am of the attitude that people should be able to discuss these things openly and not be weird about it. So I got no shame, but you know, anybody who knows me can tell you that. Yeah, which is awesome, which is, again, why I picked you to ask this, because I figured you'd be the least weird about it. Um, nope. <laughs> cool. So, after following that up, I don't know if I can follow that up, but we're going to go into our overrated underrateds for today. It's season five. You guys know how this works. So, for my first topic, I picked one that um, I knew, an another one that I kind of picked for you specifically, because I know it's something that you um, do that I, I don't do, and that's basically it. Um... Overrated, underrated fishing. Um, I was going to go just overrated on it in general, but it's because um, I don't have as much experience with it. And the experience that I do have is just kind of, you know, sitting back and waiting for fish to bite, <laughs> which is like all I really know how to do and all I really know. Um... You know I, I think fishing is underrated in general, and I think it's really for shame because there's been um i think if more communities had access to fishing and other outdoor activities like hunting which isn't something that i do but it's something that my wife likes to do um just having access to the outdoors i mean we all live somewhere and um what i found is that uh you know people think that fishing is exclusively for old white guys or something. I get excited anytime I see, you know, um, other women out fishing. Uh, there's not a lot of people of color on the water either, and particularly in an area like this one. That's really a shame, uh, given the demographics of the Baltimore area. There's so much great water here, and there's so much uh, that can be learned out on the water, and everybody really should have access to that and feel welcome. I mean, Tiff and I have walked into bait shops sometimes and felt like we've been given the cold shoulder just because we're two women and we're also a same-sex couple in a place that uh, skews a little more right-wing, even though there's no reason for that because, you know, the fish don't care. But, uh, yeah, that was probably more than you were looking for again, but I specialize in that, you know? 
Yeah, no, I actually was hoping that you would bring that up because I know that's something that, that you've um, brought up before about how when you think about the, you know, normal demographic of most fishermen, when you close your eyes, it's all the, <laughs> I don't mean, I don't mean to stereotype, but all the memes about like, <laughs> like, oh man, my, like, I hate my wife and I fish and <laughs> those kinds of people, you know, <laughs> is what you think of with that. Um, oh, totally. And I actually, I own multiple ironic t-shirts from Bass Pro Shops that are like specifically in reference to this. Like I have one that has the Bass Pro Shops logo on the front, and on the back it says, I really love when my wife lets me go fishing, but the words, I really love my wife, are much larger than the other words, so from a distance it looks like it says, I really love my wife. I have that one, and uh, I love wearing that around, just because I know I am very much not the uh, target demo of that shirt. And then I have another one that says, education is important, but fishing is important or <laughs> See, yeah, that's the way to do it. If I were into fishing, like, that's absolutely, like, how I would go about it, because I feel like you just have to at that point. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no, yeah. I'm glad that you brought it up, and I, I mean, when I, when I bring it up saying, oh, I'm doing this because I'm going to call it overrated, it's not from an asshole perspective as much as it's just something that I don't know very much about, and I wanted to give you kind of that platform to, to, to talk about it, because there is the sense in that, like, uh, it, it sounds fun, you know, not even necessarily the activity of fishing itself, which I'm sure is, is fun, but just going out and being outdoors with, you know, people and just hanging out with people that you care about, that just sounds like a good time. So I, I definitely can see the logic uh, and the appeal behind it. All right, so if you have your first overrated and underrated, go ahead and uh, throw it out. Within a category, I was thinking about, like, stadium food. So, like, out of, out of your different food options that you could get at, like, a sporting event. I gotta say, I think popcorn is massively underrated as an option at a sporting event because, number one, it's delicious. I love popcorn. I am a fiend for any kind of salty snack. Um, I really love pickles, but you can never buy pickles at sporting events. Or maybe you can in Texas. I don't know. But around here, you can. Um, but popcorn is so underrated because you usually get a lot of it. It's pretty filling, and it's one of the cheaper things that you can get, too, and you're already stuck paying stadium prices. So, I mean, I love going with popcorn. I think it's massively underrated. It does not get the respect it deserves. Yeah, no, especially in the, in the context of stadium food, which you've kind of thrown out as a, as a category. I, I generally am the kind of person that, like, I just try not to eat at stadiums because, like... It is, like you said, stadium prices and, and everything that's just absolutely ridiculous. But if I'm going to go to a stadium food, it generally is popcorn for all the reasons you just said in terms of it's on the cheaper end and it's feeling, filling. And um, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it sounds unhealthy when you put it like this because it is unhealthy. But I mean, it's just straight up butter, man. And I mean, that's, that, that's just great. So um, especially, I don't know, I always think at like baseball games and whatever. That's generally what I'm looking for when I go to get things instead of the full on like actual i guess you would say more meal type things that you could buy at, at stadiums i almost never go to those um and i feel like a, a lot of people do so it, it's yeah very easy underrated in the context of of uh sporting events even i think if you expanded it out to in general just popcorn um like as a, as a whole i think people are only really going to popcorn when they're at uh like we said sports sporting events or like movie theaters or these these outdoor places and they're, they're, that's not true i mean there's some people that, that have them but I think it is something that people should be going to more. So I would probably say, even out, even if we wanted to throw out the context of stadium food, I'd still say popcorn's probably a little underrated. Um, speaking of food, <laughs> my next one um, is also food-related. I have sushi today. Do you ever think sushi's overrated or underrated? 
underrated, but that's because I love sushi. I can see how this would be a very divisive opinion. Yeah, and I mean, that's I, that's yeah. kind of why I picked it, because I knew it was going to be divisive. And I, I didn't know how you felt about sushi, but I mean, it is, it's one that just gets an incredible amount of hype. So I think to go underrated on it, you would have to be one of the people that just um, is absolutely in love with sushi. That's also why I'm going overrated on it. I, I for, for a long time, I wouldn't eat it because I just was so like, oh, it's raw fish. And I couldn't, couldn't get out of that mindset. But now that I'm, you know, not a baby anymore, <laughs> grew up a little bit and, and <laughs> tried it. It's not bad. I just think it's it's one that people put in like the upper echelon. So for that reason, I'm, I'm overrated on it. But I, I don't know. I understand where people are coming from. Well, I mean, hear me out, though. As as far as options involving takeout food, uh, I think most people in the subreddit know that I've lost a pretty significant chunk of weight, like, in the triple digits. And I, as far as takeout options go, I mean, you're not really going to find anything healthier than sushi for the most part. I mean, it's raw fish is pure protein. I mean, obviously, the more white rice you put into whatever it is that you're eating, the more carbs and calories it's going to have. But... I have no problem eating just sashimi, just the raw fish, just straight up. But I realize that that's a comfort level thing for a lot of people. But I, of course, grew up eating a lot of seafood, so I'm not as weirded out by this stuff. Yeah, I, I think uh, my favorite point you made there is about the health, because that actually is a good point in terms of how good it is versus um, how healthy it is. That ratio is probably pretty good because... I so recently I you know haven't lost a ridiculous amount of weight, but a lot of people in the free talk thread know I've been dealing with um, issues with my gallbladder and having to eat low fat for a while, which I wouldn't have made myself do otherwise. And I mean, it's really hard to when you start thinking about like what can I eat that doesn't taste terrible that also has has minimal amounts of fat. Sushi's gonna be in there, and uh, it's hard to find those things like that. So in terms of that, I mean, if you're looking for uh, like I said. Um, like like health value versus like actual taste good value <laughs> it's very scientific terminology <laughs> on the podcast um that's like i don't i can see from that perspective how sushi would be um convenient and underrated in that regard fourth of july is a holiday is it overrated or underrated oh that's a that's honestly a tough one i feel like um recently at least this is you know anecdotally just from from my own experience it feels like recently there's kind of more of an anti fourth of july sentiment sentiment just because of like um i don't know all the the things with fireworks uh like this past year on social media i've never seen so many people shit on fireworks before (laughs) in, in, in previous years um i think fourth of july as a holiday um perfectly fine i guess like i get i get the day off work i like um i'm from texas obviously so i love grilling and and doing that for a day i just feel like you know compared to other holidays there's not much about it that really makes it stand out to me so i'm i'm generally liking more i'm gonna take other holidays before that if i'm you know ranking all the different holidays and on top of that i mean i it is (laughs) if you wanted to to I don't know, you have to keep into account the whole, like, just being super nationalist. And I don't think there's any problem with, you know, with being proud of the country that you're from and everything. But it it definitely provides a ground for a bunch of shitty people to be really shitty about it, which I don't like either. So, um, I don't hate the 4th of July as a holiday. I'm not saying it's bad. I just think because there's so many other holidays I take above it, um, the fireworks debate's a whole 
different thing. I'm not as anti-firework as I've, as I've seen, but I'm just also not drawn to them. It just, I, I don't know. It seems like pretty easy to go uh, overrated on that. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree. Uh, I don't know that this has ever come up on the thread, but in college one year I had a summer job selling fireworks and uh, it was a very interesting experience. But let me tell you something, people, that was my first like real world experience of people not reading signs that are very clearly posted because the amount of people who would come up, I was in literally a shipping container full of explosives and the amount of people who would come up to me with a lit cigarette was truly concerning. Yeah, no, I mean, that definitely sounds like something waiting to happen. I mean, it, it's easy to kind of forget that these things do happen, but um, it, <laughs> I don't know a way to say this that it's not going to sound like a joke, but <laughs> Jason Pierre-Paul is just always what I kind of think of and, and him blowing his, his fucking hand apart. Like, those things definitely do happen. Um, and I, that doesn't mean, you know, you shouldn't ever use fireworks ever. I'm not going to be mad at people for that. Um, but, like, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the danger of them, especially, you know, that poor guy that's walking in with a cigarette in a store, you don't, <laughs> like, I, I'm sure it's just not even occurring to him, like, yeah, this could, like, kill an entire fucking store full of people right now. I just have burritos as a, as a food, um, from Chipotle that you make, really, however you interpret it, do you think burritos are overrated or underrated? It's hard for me to say underrated because I feel like they are pretty highly rated and I feel like that's appropriate. Burritos can... They're usually relatively inexpensive. It's pretty hard to fuck them up. I'm not going to say that it's not possible, but it's pretty hard. And just the ability that you have to customize what goes into a burrito and it's self-contained. I mean, sometimes if you get too much stuff in your burrito, I mean, we've all heard of that happening you know places like chipotle or something like that they try to put too much stuff in there and then it all like goes all over the place we're trying to eat it like that that part isn't as fun but uh you know for the most part though a well-made burrito is high quality and so i think i'm just gonna go with underrated yeah and on top of that i think there there's something um from from like a making it perspective, they're not very complex. Like you said, hard to mess up. So it's easy. It's something that's easy to make from, from home. I do like burritos, especially I love breakfast burritos. You guys will know from the, the breakfast food draft back in uh, season three, that was my number one pick. And I don't do not regret that at all. I am actually going to go with a little overrated. And I mean, my only real logic behind that is I feel like these days, there's so many things that, um, I don't even know how to articulate this. Don't don't need to be a burrito that are <laughs> in terms of like what are there's there's sometimes obviously with like more your Chipotle like yeah I mean it's you you could put that in a tortilla and it's going to increase the experience but I feel like especially recently there's just kind of the more trendy burritos where people are throwing things in them that like uh it's almost like why do you need a tortilla at this point like <laughs> what is this adding um and I, I guess that's kind of more, it, it isn't even really the traditional burrito at all that I'm mad at as much as that. And I think there's a certain point where it's like, why, <laughs> I keep, feel like it keeps saying it over and over again, but like, why does this have to be burrito? Why does there need to be a tortilla like, like in this? Um, so from that perspective, that's the reason I'm saying a little overrated. Again, love burritos. I do like Chipotle, but um, yeah, going overrated. 
All right. I mean, you know, that's fair. And one thing that might be different, too, is that where you're from and where you are now, burritos are probably more hyped than they are here on the East Coast. I know that if Tiff had participated in the breakfast food draft, she would have also drafted breakfast burritos first. But I feel like breakfast burritos, breakfast tacos are like specifically Texan. That's actually a pretty, that's a solid point that I didn't even, didn't even really think about. And I mean, in Las Vegas too, like sure they're here, but I don't think like, I, I actually have had multiple times, <laughs> this has been a problem in my life where I'm like, they, they obviously there are breakfast burritos out here, but it's not the same. Like you don't have people yeah. that like throw love into their, you don't have breakfast burrito places, right? You have, you have breakfast, you have burrito places that happen to do a breakfast burrito. So, I mean, it, it's just, just a little bit different. Um, and honestly, yeah, that probably does impact my, my thinking on this as well. Um, what, I don't know. What I keep thinking of is I know there's the people that have like um, like uh, fried chicken, like chicken tenders, and they put fries in it. And they, basically they just get a Cane's box combo and they throw in a tortilla. And I'm like, I'm sure that is good to eat. Like, I'm sure I wouldn't and like like not enjoy eating that. But it's like, why? Like, It sounds like <laughs> something you would doing? come up with. If you were perhaps less than sober, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like So I mean, yeah, that that those are the things that I'm that I'm talking about where it's um I I, I don't mean this this podcast to just be me, you know, shitting on TikTok every single episode. But I mean it's just these more like trendy like young people like let's find out how we can make this into a burrito that I get angry at. But I think uh I started. So do you have one more one more topic? Yes. Um, Brussels sprouts. Has that been done? That has not been done. Um, and that's actually a good one because I don't particularly love Brussels sprouts, but I feel like everyone hates Brussels sprouts, <laughs> which is why it's really hard to say um, say overrated. Um, so I'm, yeah, no, I'll go ahead and say underrated. I think the people that, that really don't like, not that, like I just said, I don't, don't like Brussels sprouts, but like there are, you know, inferior forms of Brussels sprouts and there are superior just depending on how it's cooked. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like people probably just had one experience with them and decided to write them off in general. So for that reason, I feel like it's, uh, it's, that's kind of making me feel like underrated is the correct call there. Yeah. And I, I would tend to agree with that. I feel like brussels sprouts for whatever reason are like everybody's number one like villain vegetable you know what i mean like that's that's like the number one thing that if people think of a specific vegetable that they hate it's likely to be brussels sprouts and i'm guessing that's the case for my parents because i was never ever served brussels sprouts as a child i don't think i had ever had them at all until i started going out to restaurants with friends and a lot of places have where you can get, like, roasted Brussels sprouts as an appetizer. You know, a lot of, like, gastropub-type places have something going on like that. And I like that. You know, if they do it with, like, a balsamic glaze, something like that. I, I really like that. I think it's a really complex flavor, and, you know, it's not absolutely terrible for you. And it's just, it it's something that, I mean, hell, we replicated at home. I have balsamic glaze and feta cheese that I'll roast some Brussels sprouts and it feels very feels like a very fancy side to have with our dinner but it's relatively low effort as well and they're inexpensive so I mean really pretty good all around if you ask me yeah and I feel like it's something um I don't know I just um, I, I know some people don't like the term foodie which I, I completely understand where they're coming from but like yeah someone that just appreciates food in general general I feel like if you can execute Brussels sprouts well 
like it, it comes together well and it, it shows a certain degree of skill um <clears throat> i i think you know if it ever comes down to like if it's on a menu or like if i'm buying food for myself and it's coming down to like okay do you want brussels sprouts or a certain other thing i might not be going to brussels sprouts as much but i mean that's also part of the reason that i do feel like they're underrated it's just because i feel like most people aren't yeah cool i think that is it for overrated underrated all right so uh up up next you just got your soapbox i have a pretty good idea of what you're going to talk about to be honest but i don't actually know uh what do you want to talk about well i mean you would be correct because i told you when i wanted to be on the podcast what i wanted to talk about and i haven't really changed my mind about that so uh for everybody else who didn't read the application that I put in for this podcast, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, I mean, how would you? But anyway, uh, point is, I think everyone is aware that I have a professional background in intimate partner violence. I did that work full-time as a lawyer for just under five years. All this is to say that I have, it's something that I'm passionate about, have been involved in for years. I ultimately left that work for a number of reasons. I mean, the most obvious was just, you can't really keep at doing that full-time forever. Um, it's just really not sustainable. All of this is um, just sort of a long introduction to where I feel like I can derive some amount of authority talking about these things. Through hearing all of these personal stories and trying all of these cases and just the work that I've done, I've really come to believe that one of the most powerful interventions that we could have would be actual discussion within the broader society, not just raising awareness of the issue of intimate partner violence more generally, even though I think that that's obviously something that we need to do, but just what a healthy relationship is or should be or should feel like. I don't know about you. I mean, growing up in Texas, I'm sure you probably had something completely different from what I had growing up in Maryland. But when we were taught about, you know, the basic sex ed stuff in school, we did get the, you know, obviously like the puberty stuff and we did learn about different options of birth control and we learned about sexually transmitted diseases and all that kind of stuff. But there was no discussion on the topic of relationships, which you really could, I guess, parse it out and say that that isn't part of a discussion about sexuality. But if you live in the real world, you know that sexuality is what motivates most of us to get into relationships. And so I'd really like to see where we were discussing, particularly with young people, what parameters should exist in a healthy relationship and what things are warning signs that are perhaps not as obvious as somebody literally beating you. So I had written down here, I was actually, I hand wrote in a notebook, which um, I haven't done in a long time. I took some notes about like specific things that I wanted to call out, and I did so in the form of basically dichotomies with an understanding that there can be some gray area in between. But overall, in order for a relationship to be healthy and successful, there are certain opposing dynamics that exist and... Um, you would want your relationship to be on the right side of those dynamics. So, for example, 
a partner who is supportive of you versus critical of you. And that can look like a lot of different things. So somebody who is supportive might not have exactly all the same interests as you, but likes to listen to you talk about them, wants to learn more, is willing to engage in those things with you. Somebody who isn't supportive of that stuff, somebody who sabotages your plans, like, you know, if you were planning, if you really liked to go hiking or something, and they um, talk all the time about, like, how hiking sucks and you're stupid for liking it, and also, like, you had this hiking trip planned, but they're planning this other thing and you really have to go to it or else, that kind of behavior is not healthy in the context of a relationship. You don't have to share all the same interests. God knows Tiff and I don't share all the same interests. But someone who belittles your interests or thinks that the things that you're passionate about are stupid, not only are they not probably even compatible to be your friend, they're definitely not compatible as far as being in a relationship. Another really big uh, thing that sticks out that I heard a lot from clients, the topic of being able to have a difficult conversation as equals versus a feeling of walking on eggshells whenever difficult conversations are necessary. And they are in any sort of adult, mature, mutual relationship, you will have disagreements. It's just a fact. But if you can't express your point of view without feeling like you're walking on eggshells, those exact words were used by my clients quite frequently. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I feel like if I say the one wrong thing, he's going to explode, or I don't know what he's going to do, and I'm scared. That isn't good, and it's not healthy, and it's a sign that there is a more sinister dynamic in the relationship. Because again, adults who are healthy can have a conversation and disagree and talk about difficult things without fear. Um, another thing that I would say is being supportive of your social life versus jealousy. So... A partner should understand that while they may be a very important part of your social life, they are not your entire social life and that you may have friends and co-workers and family members and whoever else of the same gender that you're attracted to, opposite gender, whatever the case may be, that you will have other people in your life who have a relationship with you that may be a platonic relationship, but it's an important relationship and that you're having a relationship with these people doesn't mean that there is anything going on that isn't platonic necessarily. Um, the, the controlling behavior, the jealousy, is, is really a huge red flag versus somebody who is okay. You know, if I, I can tell my wife, hey, honey, I'm going to go um, have brunch with my friends from college this Sunday. And I can say that and that's fine. But if she were saying, "Oh, you're see who are you seeing? What what the, the what don't you think she's hot? Like didn't you blah, 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 blah. like that that kind of stuff not cool." And let's see what else did I write here? Um any kind of like being public and supportive of your relationship versus like, you know, oh, it's us against the world. That mentality I, this is this is going to sound like a tangent, but I promise it's not. You know that Halsey song, Him and I? Like, maybe this is another sign of how culturally out of touch I am, that this was, like, the first thing I thought of, because I know that that song is several years old, but you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, and I actually hate that song, so I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. Yeah, I hate that song, because not only is it a bad song, but it's, like, got this whole, like, dynamic in the lyrics, like, oh, it's the two of them versus the rest of the world, and I'm like, that's bad. That's unhealthy. You shouldn't feel that way. And if you feel, if you have any misgivings about going public about your relationship with another person because you're worried about, like, that people won't approve of them, as long as it's not, like, a stupid reason... Like, if, if it's something like, you know, the example that I would give to a younger woman would be, like, a, like particularly a straight woman, but, you know, hell, a lesbian or bi woman, too, it would be like, you know, if, you're, if your partner is significantly older than you to the point where you know that, like, your friends or your parents would have a problem with their age, I'm not saying that's, like automatically anything but it is a huge red flag like if this isn't somebody that you can be proud of being with and if they're not proud of being with you first of all it's a sign you might be a side chick and second of all it's just not good or healthy you know there's there's being proud to be with each other and being public about it but without the feeling that like oh everybody's against us because if you've got somebody like that who you feel like your friends or family might disapprove of for legitimate reasons. I mean, you've kind of... That that plays right into this dynamic of, oh, it's us against the world. And if, you've, if you're with someone who's truly abusive, it's likely that they're going to exploit that to cut you off from those people. And then you don't have a support system and you don't feel like you can get away from them. So it's just all something to be mindful of, I would say. And... Let's see, what else did I write down here? Um, equality versus double standards. So, like, you know, you see this often kind of tied into the jealousy thing, because it's all related. At the end of the day, it's about control. But somebody who, for example, like, I can wear a nice outfit and go out with friends, and that's okay, and I don't get berated for that. But, like, if it were something where, you know, Tiff can do that, but I can't. And I keep using that, her as an example. She's she's not really anything like that. I just keep using her because, of course, that's what my relationship is, and that's what I think of. But like, if she were, if she were allowed to go out with friends, and I can't go out with friends, then you know that's that's a double standard, and that's not okay. But again, having that separate social life, being able to do what you want, and also maturity versus fairy tales. Fairy tale BS is what I wrote here. Um, I see I see posts on Reddit somewhat regularly. I see I really need to quit reading our relationships because frankly it just like pisses me off so much to be honest with you. But something I see sometimes is like where one person has had a more active uh, relationship history and or sexual past than the other person, and the person who is less experienced uses this as a cudgel against that person or sometimes it's even the person and hypocrisy is huge in abusive relationships and you know often it'll be the person who's more experienced shitting on the person who's less experienced for the experience that they do have that's so not cool or okay mature adults understand that likely you have dated someone else in the past you have likely been sexually active with other people in the past and it's not this huge deal like it's just when you get older it's just sort of to be expected and you know if that isn't you well then that's fine too obviously but nobody should be made to feel ashamed of their past whether it's been a lot of people a little bit or no people it's not something that's within your control anyway and those sorts of double standards are just really not 
fair and they're not realistic and it's just not a way that anybody should be treated. And I think that's all the things I wrote down as sort of dichotomies, just like respect versus disrespect. I mean, I, I hear the things I would hear from clients and just things that I see people in unhealthy relationships that they say to their partners are things that you wouldn't say to a stranger. I mean, sometimes people get in relationships and they feel entitled to talk to their partner just however, as if you don't have to be nice to them, as if you don't have to speak to them with respect. But if you don't respect each other, what are you even doing? I mean, honest to God, I could never be with somebody who I don't respect and who doesn't respect me because that's just not something that's negotiable. And I think I'm going to put a bow on it with basically a few other random hodgepodge points that I had, which is basically, um, first of all, gut feelings. And this is, goes for meeting anybody in a romantic context or otherwise. I really believe, I'm not like a spiritual or religious person in any meaningful sense, but I believe very strongly in the power of intuition and like gut feelings. And if meeting somebody makes you feel uneasy or on edge, even if you can't articulate a reason why, that's valuable information. That is your subconscious trying to protect you. And I can say for sure in my own life, whether it's been with other people or really anything, anytime that I have ignored my gut feelings because, oh, I'm trying to rationalize and say, well, I can't put, I can't articulate why I feel this way. So that feeling isn't valid. Every time I've done that, I have regretted it. And every time I have listened, I've never regretted it. And finally, the last sort of uh, random point that I have on this topic is having done a lot of intimate partner violence work, one thread that was just randomly, like you wouldn't think that this would be as common as it is. When you think about it, it makes a little more sense. But anybody who fucks with your phone, like if your partner is either damaging your phone, hiding your phone from you, putting shit on your phone, like trackers, if they're in any way messing with your phone, that is a red flag. And I feel like if I could just, honestly, if I could put that alone on like every billboard in America, I feel like it would have some kind of impact. I know that sounds completely crazy, but that was just something that I saw in so many cases. And I think it's because the phone is really symbolic of your access to the outside world. If you don't have your phone, first of all, you can't call 911 if you need to, but you're also cut off from contact with other people who may be important in your life. It, you know, if I have to have a working phone, definitely because of my job, if I don't have a phone, I mean, that's, I mean, at this point for just about everybody, that's a huge fucking problem. But, um, you know, somebody who, if somebody wanted to sabotage my phone and like I couldn't get another one, it would definitely cause problems for me at work. I mean, it's just, it's, really something. So anybody um, who messes with your phone in any way, bad. Um, they punch things, punch the wall, break things in front of you, bad. Um, that's very much an intimidation tactic, just bad stuff. But regular healthy people can, you know, once again have disagreements and talk about hard things without fear, without disrespect. 
and without manipulation and tactics of that sort. And I really wish that we had more open conversations about this sort of thing in our society just because when you're not given a template for what to look for, it becomes harder to identify when something doesn't quite match up to what you should be looking for. So, I mean, as, as much as I love talking about um, our opinions on, you know, burritos and, and sushi, I mean, this was was kind of one of the main, not to be like this is the main reason that I brought you on the podcast, but one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on because I think this is a very important soapbox. And from, from my um, experience and from my perspective, I'm not going to act like I'm not, you know, a straight white male from 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 Texas, um, and I'm coming from a place um, from a lot of privilege. So a lot of times with these more sensitive soapboxes, I just want to say from from uh, if if there are other people like me coming from places of of privileges that are listening to this, um, it's important to understand how widespread of an issue this is, even if it's not necessarily one that affects you, and that. Um, I mean, part of the reason, whenever you guys, you know, every single episode, you guys know by this point, um, the charity that I'm representing is End Rape on Campus. Um, and part of the reason why is just because, unfortunately, there have been a large, large um, number of women in my life that have dealt with sexual assault. And the reality is, whoever whoever it is listening to me right now, there's been a large number of women in your life that have been affected by it as well. Um, Absolutely. And- Absolutely. No doubt. That is one thing that I think that a lot of men in particular who are otherwise decent people, I feel like a lot of them don't grasp the extent to which these issues shape our lives as women and the effect that they can have. And if you're a man listening to this and you have women in your life that you're close to, understand that it's very likely that they have been impacted by this issue because honestly even if you never get sexually assaulted from the time that we are young we are raised to be concerned about the possibility of sexual assault and we're given messages about sexual assault and who it happens to and how you can protect yourself some of which is not good advice some of which is better advice but um you know it, it it's just it's something that shapes our lives from a very young age um and it comes up in ways like we joke about it but it comes up in ways like for example for a lot of women if you're going on a first date you want your best friend or somebody that you trust to know like all of the details that you have about this person and where you're going and when you expect to be back and all that kind of stuff and in a world without sexual assault we wouldn't really feel the need to do that i'm guessing but there's always this this little bit of fear that goes on and it's it's such a huge part of our lives it's but for most of us it's just in the background because it's just something that we've always lived with it's unfortunate that the women in your life have experienced this but i think it's an endorsement of your character that they have felt they can share this with you because you're in a position of vulnerability when you're talking about being a victim of one of these things and probably the worst thing that you could do that could happen to you upon disclosing this story to people is just to be ridiculed and not believed and like second guessed like that's that's what you're making yourself vulnerable towards when you talk about these things and if they felt safe enough with you to disclose that to you then that's a good thing 
And I hope one day to live in a world where none of this is necessary. But until then, I mean, it is necessary to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of just it for me is that this all, um, you know, they say with, with things, traumatic events, um, deaths, murders, things like that, that, you know, you watch Dateline and you're like, well, I mean, this sure this happened, but like, it's rare. It doesn't happen to me. But when something like that happens to you, it becomes very real. And like, these are things that happen. And in my life, sexual assault, unfortunately, it's just been been part of the reality of like, this is something that's real. This is something that has um, affected me and affected a lot of the people in my life. And and as I said earlier, it's affected a lot of people probably in, in your life too, as a listener, whether you know about it or not. And I mean, really, my, my, my number one message <clears throat> for... Um, men that maybe haven't been personally directly affected by sexual assault is just uh i mean and you know sexual assault aside just in general as a man be willing to listen to the women in your life when they talk about things like this instead of being um like like law kind of mentioned earlier dismissive and and you know and and ridiculing these people if if i think there's just so much in society, you know, with, with sexual assault, with just in general, that I think could be fixed if we just had more men that were willing to listen. Um, and I mean, uh, men, women, everyone. I think if we're if we're more willing to listen to people that have unfortunately been affected, or these marginalized groups that have been affected by things like this, if we're willing to listen, and hear people out, you'll start to really understand where um, a lot of people are coming from and the 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 pain behind it. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, even you know, I've had. Um, I've been in relationships with with women before that, um, and I'm not, you know, saying this to be like I'm the greatest guy ever, but that have, you know, come and, and complimented me to say like, I just love how much, you know, I can connect with you without having to do anything physical, which is honestly like heartbreaking to hear because it's like, did you think beforehand, like like in your in your previous relationships, that like there had to be a physical aspect in order for you to be able to like connect and have value and i mean if, if you anyone out here men women if you think that your only value is in you know the physical what you can provide to a partner like that's you need to talk to someone immediately basically because i mean that's just so out of out of whack with everything and you know unfortunately like i said being raised in, in west texas and and the kind of conservative hellhole it was in and the reason that i kind of feel like i personally escaped it and that kind of ideology and kind of went into an area that was more um, left-leaning and more um, accepting of, of these kind of viewpoints is because, unfortunately, there there was a lot of, not so much physical, but there there was a lot of abuse in the, the home that I was raised in. And my, my parents, their parents, if you guys, you know, any sort of know anything about therapy, I mean, it's all secular. It's all, you know, has to do with, you know, generational things and the, the um, relationship you have with your parents. And like Law said, unfortunately, I, I hope to one day live in a world where we don't have to discuss these things. But these things are more widespread than you would think. Even if you are raised in a sheltered home um, and nothing's ever happened to you, that's awesome. I'm very, very glad to hear that. But just be willing to um, listen to other perspectives, and especially when people are sharing things on, on these these topics. I think that... Um, like like Law said, I mean, these things don't really get solved until we start having conversations about them, which is a huge part of the reason I wanted Law on the podcast today. I know this is going to end up being a little bit of a longer episode, but I do think it's a very, very necessary one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And sort of related to what you 
just said, I wish we had in our society sort of a broader acceptance of the idea of like purely platonic relationships between men and women. Like, I, I always feel so alienated as a gay person when like the, you see these pop culture debates that are like, can men and women ever just be friends? And I'm like, yeah, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course. Like, I, a lot of my, um, a lot of my friends are guys, not all of them, but, you know, a significant chunk of them are. My closest friends from college are pretty much all dudes. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really tight with, uh, some other people in, uh, the, uh, free talk community that are guys and I really value those relationships and to me this idea that like there can't exist any sort of platonic friendship between men and women I mean I just I, I really just feel like that's completely absurd I just I I don't get that one at all and, and it doesn't have to be because I'm gay I mean a straight man and a straight woman can be friends like uh, it's just it's just so crazy to me that anyone thinks this is even a debate i'm happy you bring it up it's kind of a different topic but i mean it is related just because and in, in my i, I kind of mentioned earlier i've had a lot of women in my life bring it up and it, that's because i've had a lot of women i feel like just in general i'm more drawn to women and can connect connect better with them and had a lot of um purely botonic um female friends in my life and yeah, unfortunately you know because of the way that culture is I've, I've had a lot of nights that i've i've stayed up and thought like is this because there's something going on with me in terms of my gender identity and really i, I what i could comes down to is like no that's stupid it's just because culture is trying to tell me that i you know especially being raised in in, in west texas like this masculine culture that like you know you're you're not you, if you're friends with a woman and you're not you know having sex what are you doing which is an absolutely horrible thing it feels bad to even say it out loud i know and that's like such um, a horrible misogynistic attitude like the only purpose of yeah. women is sex so like if they're not having sex with you why even interact with them like what yeah exactly so i mean when this debate comes up with with you know men and women being friends that's i feel like if you're going to take the opinion that they can't, that's kind of what you're saying, which just always, always pisses me off. Oh yeah. You're telling and, them yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously with the women in my life, I'm bringing that up. I actually wanted to bring up um, a woman that you guys all know, McFatty, who is not in the free talk thread anymore. And um, I, first of all, I've all, I'll, uh, don't want to get anyone excited. I, because I know I've heard people talking about it. She's never going to appear on this podcast. So don't, don't hold your breath. But she is, I mean, one of the better friends I've made in this community in terms of, um, and I know I, I joke about hating her, but I, you guys all know that that was fake. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, we, we do similar things for work and just have kind of similar personalities and vibe with each other really well. And I, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound like I'm calling out anyone in particular, like specifically in the free talk thread, but it's just kind of interesting how like I can't have that kind of, um, relationship with with her without things like that coming up um especially when like i don't like i've i literally we we i've obviously you know i went through a time that i was talking with her about every single day but like i literally have not even seen this woman in person <laughs> this person lives across the united states from me and it, it was still just something that came up with with all the jokes about you know relationships and things like that and to be honest i mean i'm a shit poster first like i love making jokes <laughs> and i leaned into it bit but the like first line never it, stops <laughs> yeah i'm just like i don't know you never see that with like like you know kibbs and jay tuck or any of the other 
the power duos <laughs> thread that you would think of. So I'm, again, not calling anyone out. There, there have been a few times that I was actually upset about it, but in in most part, it wasn't as as being said about it as much as i feel like that this is exactly what your kind of point is is that like i wasn't like you should be able to see the people in your life as like human beings regardless of what their 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 gender is instead of you know like it, i don't know i know not to be crude but it like it shouldn't matter if you got a vagina or a dick or what, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, just like, when, if we're friends and we're not, like, having sex because we're friends, then, like, it literally couldn't possibly matter less to me. I just... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's simply not relevant, you know? I mean, the, what your gender and your sex is obviously colors your perspective in certain ways, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't be friends with somebody i mean that's just insane i i talk to lurker i'm actually really tight with lurker and i talk to him like every day basically and you know he's a dude so what like <laughs> i don't really care like if he were a chick i'd still be friends with him like you know it's just it, it's not relevant it's just not and you know, I, I think I think a lot of guys actually, if they feel like they can't be platonic friends with women, I think you're missing out. Yeah, like no, I mean that, that's just what I hate more than anything in this world is is um, toxic masculinity and, and the results of that. Just because that is something that has heavily personally affected me with um, where I was raised and my own relationship with my dad and everything like that. In terms of like, this is just the stupidest thing ever. In terms of feeling like we have to act you know, particular ways because we're men. And I mean, even on the other side, that women feel like they have to act particular ways because they're women. Just be, be a, be who I was about to say, be a dude. <laughs> I don't mean that in an actual gendered sense. Just like be a person, just like be who you are, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've taken that approach. You know, I, I used to feel like I was weird or there was something wrong with me because, you know, I've, I've been into the Ravens since, the Ravens came to town in 1996 when I was in kindergarten. I've always been really into football and I like lifting weights. And, you know, we were just saying fishing is so overrun with men. Like a lot of my interests trend more masculine. Like I like a lot of harder music that a lot of guys like. And it's just like, okay, but that doesn't matter. Like that doesn't make me a dude that doesn't make me less of a woman like people can like things like that's that's what i i feel like is something where if more men understood the ways in which the patriarchy limits them as well they would be more on board with getting rid of it because it is limiting it is restricting and it's not fair that men would feel like they shouldn't have access to the entire emotional spectrum, for example. You're allowed to feel things other than angry, and nobody should be giving you shit for that. I mean, you want to you want to talk about um, things that drive intimate partner violence. I mean, you can't really point to one thing, but one is, you know, if you can't regulate your own emotions and talk about your own emotions in an intelligent manner, then you're definitely more prone to acting out. I'll tell you that much right now. I mean, it's it hurts everybody is the point. And, you know, I hope to live in a world where, number one, we don't have to talk about intimate partner, intimate partner violence and sexual assault. And I also hope to live in a world where, like, people can be friends with whoever and nobody has to think anything of that. Yeah, and I mean, 
I, I kind of the opposite of you <laughs> as someone that kind of is into more obviously you know I sports and whatever but like into more feminine things obviously for honestly for a man like it's the same thing where it's like I just don't want to even have to deal with how how people are going to perceive that and and things like that um and yeah I mean that's really really what I think this this entire thing boils down to is that um I think there there needs to be a lot better resources for for men in in terms of like dealing with their emotions and and more access to that and that being taught in better ways than it currently is um there needs to be more conversations about intimate partner violence and things like that and um yeah i just am the the patriarchy hurts everyone you know it's not not just women it's men too and i think it actually gives me a pretty good segue into the soapbox or sorry into the draft segment um, and the reason being just because I've with with this podcast, obviously I've I've had um, people come on um, like you have, and I've, I've used this podcast to have really deep social messages. And then I've had people come on to talk about you know sports and shit. And we've I've, you know on this podcast talk about uh, fucking drafting candy bars and here in a minute, and um, all the, the you know burrito opinions and fast food and you know just trivial stuff like this. Just because I do think it is uh, like uh, you mentioned earlier, just important to unplug and like you don't have to feel bad about that so i honestly think it's really important that i have these kind of dumber <laughs> games in this podcast including our draft segment i i get the first overall pick with the candy bars yeah you do get the first overall pick i want to really quickly just go over what charities so you guys already know mine is in rape on campus you know this feel um law what, what uh what nonprofit are you representing today and i just kind of realized this is even is it yours like <laughs> <laughs> is this just going to your employer? No, no, it's not going to my employer, please. But I am going with an organization I'm connected with. Pro-Choice Maryland. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're starting, we're just getting the uh, year started off. A lot of nonprofit orgs sort of run their programming like sort of like the school year is, where there's not a whole lot going on in the summer, and then things sort of ramp up for fall. We're in the process of doing that now, so I'm really looking forward to getting started on working with them, and obviously pro-choice values are something that's very near and dear to my heart, and pretty much always has been. Uh, another fun fact, I was founder and president of my pro-choice club at UMBC when I was a undergrad. It was called Retrievers for Choice. Sweet, yeah, and I love UMBC because of basketball reasons, but that's an entirely different tangent that we can go off on. I owe, every year I think about it. March 16, 2018. Number 16, UMBC 74. Number 1, UVA 54. Never forget. You can etch it into my tombstone. Never forget. And I just want to point out this this podcast, two things about it. It's a pro-choice podcast, if you haven't picked up on that by now. And it is an anti-Virginia podcast for Texas Tech basketball reasons. And also UMBC is a golden retriever, which who doesn't love those? Uh, Mattis, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not the golden retriever. It is the Chesapeake Bay retriever. Oh my goodness, the Chesapeake Bay retriever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm losing college basketball knowledge points by the moment and just university points because like you mentioned, that's, it, it is a college too. That's honestly cool. That's a regional tie-in then for the name of the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the mascot's name is True Grit. True Grit. Good to know. My 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 UMBC knowledge is, and the entire I, I say my my entire basis UMBC knowledge is grown by the second year. I was say I can tell you way more information than you ever needed to know about UMBC. Let me tell you. So sorry, yeah, sorry to take you on that tangent because you were asking. Yes, you do have the first pick. Just five picks going back and forth, no snakes or anything. So you can take whatever candy bar you want. At number one. 
Okay. For me, there can only be one number one overall pick in this category, and it is Reese's Cups. Yep. Like, that is the absolute, like, goaded candy for me. There is absolutely nothing on earth that I would rather have in the candy bar department. Like, when you're thinking about what you could get, like, realistically at, like, a supermarket checkout. Like, there's not going to be any option that I want more than Reese's Cups. Yeah, absolutely zero surprise. I did have it on my board, but it's one of those where you, you, <laughs> that's a dream scenario. Didn't think it was going to fall. I think most people would, would probably have Reese's in their number one. Um, and in this draft, I feel like it's one where there's a clear number one, and then it kind of gets a little murkier. There's really three, I think, in the second tier that I would feel comfortable taking with my first. I think I'm going to go with what I feel like is my personal favorite out of the three. I'm going to go with Twix bars at my number one, which uh, might be slightly theoretical because I know there's some big names that I'm passing on. But I really just think, you know, um, what it comes down to with this draft is the nostalgia aspect. And if I go on, on you know, Halloween and I pour out my stocking or my stocking, my, my little pumpkin. Say, is that what they do in West Texas? You trick or treat with stockings? <laughs> <laughs> got my holidays mixed up for no explicable reason there <laughs> when i dump out the pillow sack or whatever it is that i'm doing with all my candy in it <clears throat> i'm most excited to get reese's and i'm second most excited to get twix so i'm going that at number one that makes sense yeah i could see it um i don't know if it's a cop-out to take uh take fives as number two but i really like them too no i feel like that plays I think, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't have as much experience with I I just haven't had them as much, but I do enjoy them when I do have them. Um, which leaves open, I'll go ahead and take Snickers for my for my number two. I think basically, I do like Snickers, but it's mostly just the the um, the iconicness of it. <laughs> and like, if you, I don't know, when I close my eyes and think of a candy bar, it's Snickers, even if if that's not maybe, maybe number one flavor. Um, so yeah, I'll take that too. Oh, well, you know, I can't let you talk about Snickers without bringing up that uh, I had a cat from when I was in fourth grade all the way until 2018, whose name was Snickers, and I loved her very much. So I have oh, that's cool. associations with that. Yeah, she she lived just long enough to see UMBC beat Virginia. I'm sure it was very important to her. <laughs> Good, I'm sure it was. <laughs> you know, I mean, what can you say? And now I'm sitting here, you know, I'm here with... Moonshine, my cat, who uh, never got along with Snickers, but, you know, that's okay. You know, Moonshine is another fun category of products, you might say. <laughs> yeah, it'll be for the next draft. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I don't know. You might not do so well in, like, an alcohol-based draft, though. No, I mean, I did so. I, I mentioned um, uh, this, is, this will be the first episode of the season, so the first time that uh, you guys are hearing about it. But I did say in the free talk thread before the season, told you I was going to be drinking rum and coke before every episode. I did. I've already finished the one today. So I've I've started recently, but I would not win. I would absolutely lose alcohol drafts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, some knowledge. And you were you were right <laughs> to acknowledge that like Malibu and Coke is like kind of bottom tier rum and coke. You know, that's not what I would go for. But, you know. I, it honestly, so I, uh, my philosophy, I just love coconut in general. And I know that Malibu is kind of a bottom tier coconut rum. But um, I went to the liquor store and I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to tell them. So it's just the name I knew. So that's what I went with. But 
Because you ever feel like a kid, like trying to buy alcohol, but you're underage, but you're not underage, but you're <laughs> <laughs> I'm 23. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Like it's like you're two kids in a trench coat or something. <laughs> <laughs> One alcohol, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I could have just been like, "What do you have?" That's coconut rum, or I mean, I could have just gone rum in general, but I don't know. Fuck it. Yes, I, I had to. You know, I every time I hear Snickers, I'm like, oh, Snickers. so I have to go on change about that. But um, okay. Next up for me, I feel like a lot of people are gonna feel like this is perhaps a reach in the draft order, but I gotta tell you, I really like a Heath bar. That's uh something that I was looking for in my Halloween candy hall because i like toffee i i mean i do think that people are going to say it's a reach i just would probably disagree with those people because i like keith too i it's i i don't know i never think to buy it <laughs> it's just whenever i've just come across it in in my life i've always had good experiences i mean you know sometimes the best things in life are simple yeah no it knows what it's doing and it does it well exactly it stays in its lane and it executes very well you know, solid, uh, solid position player, I think. Yeah. I'm going to go with my three, kind of the last of the ones that I thought were just in the, the I don't know, B-tier candy bars. I'm going to take um, Kit Kats, which I know lots of people absolutely adore. I don't think everyone is. It's one of those those controversial ones, I feel like, from from my perspective. But I am one of those people that just really likes Kit Kats. I mean, even if you even if it's not your number one, no one's going to have a bad experience eating a Kit Kat, which is exactly for a number three pick, exactly the kind of value I'm wanting. Oh yeah, yeah, I could I could see that, and you know that's actually what I probably would have gone with next. Actually, is Kit Kat because you know there's there is something about the texture with the wafers and everything that is satisfying. That's good to hear because I was between two, and I was like, I think you're more likely to take Kit Kat next. Yeah, and you, and you would have been right about that. So uh, let me see. Uh, honestly, like, just a bar of dark chocolate. Can I go with that? Because like, I'm, I definitely prefer dark chocolate to milk chocolate. Um, Tiff and I are not of one mind about this, but you know, it works out because if we get, if we come into possession of a bunch of candy, which you know, frankly, doesn't happen enough in adulthood, really. But if we did, you know, we don't have to disagree about who's going to get what because um i i do think dark chocolate is the superior chocolate um for my number four i actually this was the other one that i thought about taking in three because i when i was talking about um malibu and i said that i really like coconut i kind of paused stopped for a second was like oh shit i can't give that away (laughs) this draft i'm gonna go ahead and take an almond joy at number four which i know is kind of controversial i've heard a lot of people that actually like have it as a low two one but just because almonds are probably my nut of choice, um, and I love you know coconut and uh, obviously chocolate, it's just for me. If, if this was my personal favorite list and not not you know trying to win voters, that honestly could have been number two after Reese's. But yeah, yeah. See, like I've just been picking my personal favorites, and I'm like, if they happen to be yours, well then <laughs> you know so be it. Then I guess you just have excellent taste, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, not I mean, really playing to the, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a conformist man. I'm gonna like <laughs> go out on my own and you know be bold and. With, yeah, with, worst case scenario, you're donating ten dollars to a sexual violence charity. So. Oh my god, I would never do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think I can handle that. Um, so with that being said, um, I I think next, and I 
feel like this one, there's probably a lot of people who really don't like these, but I like those Hershey's cookies and cream bars. Like, they have a nostalgia factor for me, because I ate a lot of them as a kid for whatever reason. I really like them. I know they're, like, objectively not good, but, like, it's a nostalgia thing. I, I don't know. I think that I would say that they're probably overhated. I, I don't know if I would have taken it on my board, but I do think, um, you know, if this was up as an overrated, underrated category, definitely way underrated. I do think, I don't know. And I mean, there's, there's not really anything else <laughs> you could say it's bad, but I mean, there's not really anything else like it. So if you want to go to one, that's, that's what I would go to. So yeah, I have no problem with that at number five. All right. Um, there's actually, there's a lot of people left that, people there's a lot of candy bars left that i really kind of like on here um this feels like a riskier pick i'm gonna go with butterfingers um i know some people don't like them with the, the texture and everything but um i'm just a really big chocolate and peanut butter person and if i can't get reese's I, i'm happy with butterfingers i think butterfingers are underrated as well oh yeah yeah butterfingers are solid um they're my best friend growing up really liked them, so in that respect, I sort of have a nostalgia thing for them, too. But I'm with you also that I can see how they wouldn't necessarily be, like, anyone's number one pick. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I mean, in, in the fifth round, I've done enough of these drafts, you just want a flyer that people might, might vibe with, so happy to get that there. And that'll be the draft, so just reading off again for our listeners... Law took Reese's Cups, Take Fives, Heath Bars, uh, dark, just dark chocolate in general, Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bars, and my picks were Twix, that rhymed, Snickers, Kit Kats, Almond Joys, and Butterfingers. Um, and you guys, as always, if you, wherever you find this, you can vote on it, and you'll also find information about the charities that we were representing today. And that's all that we have today for the podcast. Uh, thank you for coming on, Law, and for um, everyone. Thanks for um, still listening to this podcast five seasons later. Really, it, it's crazy saying season five out loud. Gorvey made a joke in the very first season about um, how he wants to be back on in season five. And I was like, yeah, this podcast isn't making it to five seasons. What are you talking about? So <laughs> kind of crazy that we're here. Um, also, I just remembered that this episode's airing on September 11th, so uh, happy September 11th. I'll never forget whatever you want to say. <laughs> Law, I generally give uh, give my, my guests the opportunity. Is there any last words you have for the, the free talk thread for in the episode? Uh, well, two things that don't really have a whole lot to do with each other, I guess, on the surface. But, um, you know, if you know me, they uh, aren't that surprising coming out of me. One of them is if um, any if you ever want to talk about um, any of the heavier topics that we've discussed with me because you're concerned about yourself or somebody else, please feel free to do that. I am always happy to share my knowledge and uh, perspective with folks on this issue because again, it is so important and I will take whatever you say in confidence. It's you know kind of already part of the job anyway, but. I would do that anyway because it's the right thing to do. But anybody who has any kind of um, concerns about that for themselves or someone else, please don't hesitate to reach out to me or to whoever the local advocates are in your area. I am but one of many, and uh, just know that help is out there, and there's a lot of good people who care and are trying to do the best that they can to help folks. And the other thing is, um, let's see, by September 11th, it'll be football season. So uh, go Ravens, beat the Steelers, 
hope to uh, have a deep playoff run this year, but um, you know the Orioles just beat the Blue Jays seven to nothing tonight. I'm seeing sorry, Larker. So you know we got them going on too. Good time to be a Baltimore sports fan. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, and thank you, thank you again for coming on and sharing uh, your perspective with all these things to this very uh, you know huge, widely acclaimed, <laughs> uh, prestigious podcast. Oh yeah, really, like you're gonna have like thousands of people listening to me talk about uh, burritos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for coming on, and thanks to everyone for listening. And I will see you guys next week. Happy September 11th. I guess you're gonna miss the panty ray. Push me, and then just touch me till I can get my satisfaction. 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 Satisfaction.